Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Internet's Breath. I'm Jonathan, and I welcome you to come along my journey to interview the people of the Internet, asking them questions I have in front of me. Today, we have Trevor with us. Trevor, how you doing? Doing very well. Thanks so much. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And I got to ask, what is, like, what is the best thing you did today? Hmm. Best thing today, that'd have to be going out to breakfast with my wife. So the had a bit of time after dropping off the kids and yeah, I don't know your take on it, but one of my absolute favorite meals is the greasy spoon breakfast. So okay. nothing fancy, just a couple eggs, bacon, all that good, good stuff. So we found a local haunt here that uh, serves up an amazing one. So at least once a week, we try to head out together and grab that. So certainly a highlight of the day. That's good. I, I like hearing that like, when people try to specifically set aside time to be like, all right, you know what, let's just do breakfast together. Because I know life gets extremely busy. And um, my significant other and I were like, all right, breakfast every day, no one is allowed to interrupt, no matter what. Oh <laughs> lunch, and, lunch and dinner is up for grabs. Anyone can come along and, and sit with mm -hmm. us. But breakfast that is sacred. You do not hmm. touch our breakfast. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so it seems so important to set aside those uh, just two people uh, interactions, especially with a spouse because life gets busy. So we, we actually started to do wordles in the morning as well together. Okay. Which was, <laughs> which, but the once a day type of thing, like a bit of a brain teaser to start the day. Uh, haven't failed yet. Pro came, a couple close ones, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. Setting aside time is so important. Yeah, I filled the first four wordles that I tried. I was not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just warming up, getting into the flow. All right. So I, I do have to ask, what is your favorite pizza topping? I've had some weird answers, like sweet corn. That was a very, that was that the is, most interesting answer. Yeah, that's bold. The I like I like how unique they're trying to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I, tried it yet. I, but I still have to try it, but go ahead. I'd be curious if others have mentioned. I'm sure someone has, but maybe for some reason it's controversial, but it's pineapple. I adore yeah. pineapple on my pizza. I'm sure yeah. someone else has said it. Yeah, we've had a couple of pineapples. And I, I'll, I'll reiterate that like I'm not against pineapple. I'm against cooked fruit in general. <laughs> um, like I love pineapple. If it was cold pineapple pieces on mm -hmm. top of the pizza, then I'd be okay with it. But if it's, okay. if it's warm or cooked, nah, I can't. Mm -mm. I just find it fascinating that it's it's not so much that if someone doesn't like it, fine. Like that's the best part of pizza. Choose yeah. whatever you like. But the hatred, the vitriol towards it, there's is a just like how side. <laughs> yeah, it's a culture war of pizza. Like what's up? Like it's just let people like what they like. <laughs> yeah, I you know ever since starting this podcast, like there's so many like wild answers that I had never heard, and mm. yeah, but pineapple, I'm. I'm not against it. Like, I'll eat a pizza with pineapple, but I, I don't. Mm, it's okay. Gotcha. I like the acid, but like, it's too much like fat and acid for me. Like, there's not a lot of sweet for it. Mm. Um, and so, like, maybe, maybe, you know, one day I'll do a pineapple sweet corn pizza and I'll just mm. combine the oh sweet and savory. <laughs> That'll be the when you end this season, that'll be the season ender where it's just like I've compiled a pizza <laughs> with the wildest <laughs> toppings from the guests. That's Let's what, see how it tastes. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna combine the not the wild, I'm gonna combine every topping of the entire season, and that's the season oh. finale. <laughs> Corn, anchovies, pineapple, 
mushrooms. I think mushrooms. I heard in one of your yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You just given you've given me content. Thank you. Now, yeah, that's I know. what's gonna <laughs> make sure that gets up onto one of your t- YouTube's the video. Yeah. That'll <laughs> video only reaction. Blog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now our first philosophical question, which I don't think we've actually asked anyone this before, because some mm. of some of the ones are repeat, but this one is new. Um, is happiness just chemicals flowing through your brain or something more? Youch. So <laughs> I think there's like the the scientific truth and then there's the a bigger truth as far as a human consciousness and meaning. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, I think the science, the scientists would point to, yeah, dopamine, whatever chemicals are flowing up, this is your body rewarding you for something that it needs. You eat food, you need sustenance. Hey, good job, body. So, you know, you start to feel happy. Mm-hmm. So I guess so, but I would almost put it as both because as we've kind of gone into consciousness, like we have deeper questions about, am I thinking? What is thought? Am I somebody? Is there any thought that I'm having that is actually free will or is it, you know, just molecules making decisions so that this being exists? Uh, you know, wherever you would land on that, the, the, I don't want to call it like a decision to be happy, but like the pursuit of that happiness mm-hmm. can feel can feel like a true choice and like a rearranging of, what is and what can be. I mean, I think like uh, listening to some Alan Watts when he talks about what is true, like what is this moment? Like what is there? And he rings a bell and like, that's it. Like this is the moment that you're currently in. That's all that is here. Yeah. And your perception of things dictates everything else. So like the thought that you could rearrange that and decide that I'll be careful. I don't want to say it's so glibly, but kind of decide to be happy. It's like, all right, it's time to start being happy and thinking about what's good. Uh, I'd, so I'd, I would put it as the answer is both. I think it's chemical. We are physical beings. The body's trying to get you to do stuff. And it's a bit more because it seems like we've expanded a bit beyond simple uh, physical interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree to a certain point. I think like just pure happiness. Yeah, that's chemicals, dopamine, the whole mix, mm-hmm. the whole nine. But then I think... Um, on the second part, is it something more? I think it's something more when it's the pursuit of happiness, but mm. as but as the baseline, it's it, it there's a lot of chemicals up there, right? Mm. And while immoral, and I don't want any scientist to, I wonder if if you just kept giving someone dopamine, would they ever mm. feel? I guess their body would get used to it, but would they ever, ever feel like not happy? Mm. Um, yeah. It's an interesting, but I do agree that like, it's a mix of both. And I think like the pursuit of happiness, that's, that is something beyond just the chemicals. But then as a baseline, yeah, you're really just affecting your chemical level in your body of Mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch the kind of recent debates around it too, where it's just the, not exactly sure who, but there's one where it's, Somebody will be asked, like, what do you want to be? Like, I want to be happy. And it's just like, that's, that's, happiness is such like a fleeting state. You know, it's not like you just wake up and there's a perpetual like stream of happiness that you're just glowing all day. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope people, don't get me wrong, if someone can do that, that's great. And if you feel general satisfaction throughout the day, that's wonderful. But it's exactly what you said. It's the actual pursuit of it, like the actions they drive towards that happiness that, 
seems to provide the most meaning that, you know, kind of gets you up in the morning that provides purpose and like, oh, this is good. I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could just flip a switch and be happy, would you be happy at all? It's kind of, perhaps it's akin to the stories of when the lottery winners, they've, you know, they've got enough money to make every of their dream, every of their wildest dreams come true, but yeah. they ultimately end up back being miserable because that's a very fleeting thing as opposed to a pursuit. Yeah. Interesting. So you uh, have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You, you play games, right? Close. The, so, so it's actually a podcast. The YouTube is a, we just do the live recording of the podcast. Right. And, ha- and have it stream out there. Um, so, so the podcast, yeah, it's, uh, it's called New Dad Gaming. And it's the, you know, two, two friends trying to figure out what gaming looks like while being a father um, amongst the responsibility of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So this, this next question, I think it's very interesting because you're kind of in line with it. And then I'm, I am so far dived into technology. I'm never going to get out. Um, and this next question is, are we in the matrix? Mm. <laughs> if it is, it sucks. Like, I wish they would <laughs> they could fix something, make it a little better. Yeah. I think there's a Just, few bugs that <laughs> need to be fixed. That's the best like, like I get the uh, from the Matrix movies, if the idea that uh, if it holds true that they gave paradise and like humans couldn't accept it, fine. You don't have to make it this bad. Like you can make it a little better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that'd be fascinating to know if you could ever learn that because you can never say no, right? There's, be, there's no emphatical ways like here's the proof that we're not or we are in the Matrix. Yeah. So the God, I'm trying to. I'm, so I, I don't have an answer, unfortunately. And I, I think it's impossible to answer. I, I think it's almost more interesting to think about the ramifications of learning if it is true. Yeah. So that, so if, they, if this was a matrix, what changes? What do we do? I, um, I kind of like relate it to like Horton Hears a Who, where like that, <laughs> that tiny dust has like a yeah. world on it. Like, mm-hmm. what if our entire world, and I, I don't actually believe this, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about, like, what if someone outside of, quote unquote, the Matrix just sneezed, and that's our mm-hmm. universe right now? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just living on the atoms of that sneeze very temporarily. But to us, it's extremely slowed down, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the the size difference. So then a second to them, well, that was our entire Big Bang there and gone. Hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I related to Horton Here's a Who, but go ahead. No, that's amazing. I'm kind of, that's been, yeah, the world within worlds, like the sizes, the infinite uh, time, everything else bending. Like, I love that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm, I always blank on the name of movies, but this is there's something like Arrival, perhaps. There was a spaceship that landed and yeah, the beings Arrival. that came in. Yeah, the beings that like, they transcended. They actually, like, time to them was much like gravity and that's something to understand and to kind of mm-hmm. move around it. So that, so if like <laughs> in these ideas of like the matrix and infinite universes within universes, the thought that time itself is a medium with which to kind of move around it, much like language or sound, the, the, the infinite expanse of where this, all this could go is just so fascinating. Yeah. And I think um, there's an, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think mm-hmm. the uh, astrophysicist, um, he kind of commented on it and he said like the amount of like power and um, 
resources needed to put all of us in the matrix mm-hmm. is <laughs> so huge. Um, but also I think um, it was because we're self-aware that it'd be, it would be extremely hard for all of us to be in the matrix unless mm-hmm. it was like very specifically our brains are connected to the system um, like matrix where, I don't know, spoiler alert, I think it's too late for that. But (laughs) all our bodies are like, you know, uh, energy and then like our brains are connected and like basically like input controls for a controller and we're just very advanced controlling an uh, an icon in a game. Um, Mm. But I think he said that it's like it's too complicated for it to be possible. But also... What if we just think it's too complicated, but it actually is really possible? <laughs> yeah, so. it's like possible is a weird one to think of. They, it feels like every couple of years, like Cold Fusion, I think recently there was some breakthroughs that kind of show that it might be possible. Oh, yeah, they're, they're doing it. It's so yeah, cool. So, but go back 20, 30, 50 years, it's like this is impossible. Cold Fusion, there's no way it exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the there's no way we could possibly power enough cells that we could actually have a matrix like well there's a lot of things that we've said <laughs> possible that's kind of limited so yeah you're right yeah i mean the sims i mean yeah i love the sims um i never play it but i love it yeah um <laughs> do a whole podcast in simlish should be great <laughs> in simlish no i would have to learn it and then i would have to speak it <laughs> And then, like, I know someone out there is going to try translating. And then they're like, hey, you actually messed up. When it was ba ba da it's mm. supposed to be da ba da Maybe there's this, uh, I'd, I'd learned about a theater exercise where they were given masks. So just flat expression masks. And the whole purpose of it was to, you should be able to relay your intent and your emotion through your body language and actions. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't have to rely on like smiles and frowns. So I might surmise that as a podcaster, you'll want to become so good (laughs) with your ideas (laughs) that you can, (laughs) you can emulate it with similar, so not even need a word. (laughs) So good at voice inflection that we can have a whole conversation without saying a word. (laughs) Yeah, that would, that's, that's next level. That's when you know you broke the matrix. (laughs) I bet there's a YouTube video of just like two hours of just simlish and people just oh, listen to it because it's just interesting to listen to. Yeah. Like it's probably a streamer, like a Twitch streamer that does it. Yeah. Popular YouTube channel. TikTok, guarantee it's on TikTok. Yeah. And it's just like, but I would, I get the appeal to where it's like, it's so fascinating to like hear the inflection, but you mm. know, it's not an actual <laughs> language. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Jeez, the, the Simlish podcast. That's uh, that's genius. Put it to the bank. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Google that later and figure out that it's actually real, and I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, man, every time I ask some of these questions, it keeps getting, like, more and more serious. Um, mm-hmm. But the next question is, have we become less happy in this age of technology? Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, geez, what was the, what's the equation for happiness? It's like expectation divided by reality or there's there's some equation, some philosopher had put it together where it's like what you, to know what you have versus what's available versus expectations and you can kind of gauge mm-hmm. how happy you are. 
I think the, yeah, like anything you kind of want, you can probably find somebody in your exact scenario that has it. Um, and with online being so focused on kind of fake it till you make it, uh, success stories, like getting mm-hmm. to the next level, hustling, like the, the amount of stuff out there that's showing like how everyone else is so successful. Everyone else is doing it. This guy's an overnight millionaire. This is a TikTok star turned into a movie deal, everything else. I think it certainly lends itself to a constant feeling of missing out, a constant feeling of being inadequate. Mm-hmm. You know, comparison is the death of happiness, right? Where it's you sitting by yourself with an apple or, you know, just you sing, you have your, you get a car and mm-hmm. it's the first car you've ever had and you drive it it's this huge sense of freedom. It's ownership. Like this is amazing. Yeah. Happiness. Like this is a fantastic. And, but then you compare it to someone posts like, Oh, here's my fleet of three cars. And they're all, you know, mass sports cars, whatever thing like that. And they're this, they're this person's younger than you. So that there's an immediate comparison that sort of like drains that little bit of happy can drain a little bit of happiness from you. Yeah. So I think that, hyper awareness of what else is out there, what else everyone has that kind of enables you to make constant comparisons is like absolutely detrimental to happiness. There is a uh, Netflix movie documentary mm-hmm. um, that I highly recommend everyone to go watch. It's the social dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole idea is that how uh, major social media is created to keep you entertained and keep you on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the show is specifically saying that they didn't, and it's interviewing the people that like built the systems. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were like, well, we didn't do it on purpose to trap them and then have them have a sense of, Oh, well, like uh, de- increased depression and anxiety and stuff like that. I was like, that's not what they intended. That's just kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes into like how it does it and why um, it was originally built like that. Like now that we know, I'm still blaming, like I don't do Facebook, Instagram, many of the major social media platforms because it, A, it just sucks up too much time Mm-hmm. Um, be like, I just don't need that many people to look at, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of weird because I have a lot of YouTube channels and a podcast, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's that like, um, and I, I would say yes, that we've become less happy, at least my generation and younger generations that, yeah. And yeah, we've become a little less happy. Now, I think eventually that we'll get um, around it and we'll get better. Mm-hmm. But I think at this current state, because of how everything that we think of as like, this is a necessity of life, like, um, what was it? Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say you don't have Facebook, people will look at you weird, mm-hmm. right? or if you don't have Instagram or a particular social media, Snapchat especially. Um, But it was like, like if I talked to any of my grandparents, I was like, well, I'm deleting my Facebook permanently. Like I'm removing all the account information. Uh, It's hidden in the settings. And they're like, well, why? That's weird. And I was Mm -hmm. like, because this is bad for you. (laughs) And I I showed them that that movie. 
and they mm-hmm. just completely ignored it. They were like, yeah, mm-hmm. we understand it's bad, but we're not going to stop. <laughs> right? right. Um, and uh, I looked at my grandma's phone and it said she spent like four ou- hours average every single day on mm-hmm. Facebook but doesn't recognize that the Facebook is taking up so much time that she doesn't have time to do everything she wants to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, Oh, well I only got this and this done. And I was like, well, how much did you spend on Facebook? She was like, Oh, not a lot. And I was like, I bet your phone, (laughs) I bet your phone tells you otherwise. (laughs) Um, And, but yeah, they're built like that. And I think, yeah, that it's a dilemma and, I think it's something that we need to fix. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I completely agree that we became less happy, but I don't think we've decreased our potential to be happy. Mm. Yeah, I, to, to play on that positive note, um, I much agree. And I think I think it will turn around because I think with my generation, I think your generation too, um, we grew up with it. I mean, I, I, I was raised in a time before social media. And then as I was going through college and high school not even high school college like it started to show up mm. and then as i started my professional career it was all about it right and then i got into tech as well so it's like it was like my bread and butter but we are very much the first generation to live through it and then think think about these statements and what we would tell our kids right mm-hmm. uh like, hey uh should you give your 10 year old instagram christ no definitely mm. not god no Hey, should you let um, your kid watch like constant uh, news channel, just like constant TV? It's like, no, they, they, they need like imagination. They need other stuff. It's like, hey, should your kid just, uh, is it important to explain um, rational thinking and critical thinking when your kid is given a story? Yes, like you, should, you need them to have like to think and not just accept every piece of information that's handed to them. I think the... And the generation that we are, where we grew up with it, and I think we can remember time before it, we can we can see the damages of it. The generation that we raise, we can kind of safeguard them and make demands on it. So I I think what we're currently seeing is a generation that was given it way too early, and of no fault. Like it wasn't. It's not like darn you parents. Nobody knew better, and. And, you know, as a parent of two, like I, there would be some times where I just let the kids get on Netflix because it's been just the most horrific day possible <laughs> and you're just going to watch them show. So this isn't to like put any shade on parents, but I think they were ill-equipped to understand the dangers and worries about it, where it's just like, there's no issue with my 12-year-old being on Instagram. But the fact that the show that you mentioned with uh, the social dilemma even exists, the mm-hmm. fact that this con- we and I have this conversation, I think the generation coming up now will be brought into that world from people who truly actually understand it, who know what it is, know the dangers of it, the terrible ramifications that it shows. And that, that gives me huge positivity about it. That really makes me feel that there's a chance to get out from under it. I think mm-hmm. in some ways, I think it's probably gotten, maybe this is too hopeful. I don't know if you would agree, but it kind of feels like we've gotten as bad as it will get. With the, the again, that's very, might be too optimistic, but it sort of feels like <laughs> anyone who thinks that there's not dangers within Instagram, TikToks, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Now, I don't think there's anyone that's using it that doesn't recognize the potential for damage from any of those platforms. That's not something that would have been said five, 10 years ago. And I think that's a net positive for the next generation. I don't know if you agree if it's in my assessment that it might I think we've hit about as damaging as we can get potentially. 
I I think uh, that potentially, I think we have the potential to get a lot better. And mm-hmm. in that aspect, I would agree with you that potentially, yeah, this could be the lowest point. However, <laughs> I only disagree because um, it sounds like I'm a couple generations after you. So I'm actually, I've grown up within this world. Like this is mm-hmm. 90% uh, of my life. And it's, it's kind of frustrating that like, I, I don't show everyone like, oh, this is the social dilemma. That's what it, the Netflix should, is called. Like it's a social dilemma and I show them and they're like, oh yeah, that's really great and interesting. I know the social media is really bad for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so you're going to stop? No. <laughs> I think, I think it's a, an, a, I think it's even more dangerous to be aware of the problem and then still willingly not really try to avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's at the kind of the stage. I think it could go either way. However, I also, I've seen Ready Player One, and I'm just mm-hmm. saying <laughs> there may be a person creating something called the Metaverse, and they just came mm-hmm. out with Metabucks um, <laughs> uh, that's controlled by a certain company that I am not a fan of. But... <laughs> um, I, I think that like, because everyone I go up to, or most people that I go up to, I was like, well, do you think social media is bad? And we're like, yeah, mostly it's bad, but also it's great for connection. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Connection, is, it's wonderful, but also it's a little too much in how we view it. It was like, oh, you know, um, this celebrity just um, did A, B, and C. I wish I could do that. And I think that mm-hmm. creates an unrealistic expectation because as you mentioned earlier, the um, this, the few that are like, oh, I became a millionaire overnight. Yeah. Okay. You're one person among billions mm-hmm. that, Doing it. and then, but everyone looks at that one person and was like, yeah, I can do that, but don't realize that he's one out of billions. <laughs> um, and so whereas, and that's where I'm kind of in a tough position because I'm trying to do the exact same thing, but I don't recommend mm. anyone to do what I'm doing mm. uh, because I am trying to create my own company, you know, YouTube, uh, making video games and stuff like that. And if it gets to a point where it's bigger and someone comes up to me and asks in an interview, hey, you know, I want to be like you. How do I start? I was like, mm. Mm this is not the right path to go down. (laughs) Like if you have an amazing support system, an amazing background and foundation and amazing family, then I think, yeah, you should at least try. But by no means should you try with the expectation of being like, I'm going to be like this person because then it's just setting up for failure. And then, you know, if my company fails, you know, I'm going to show this podcast to someone and be like, yeah, I failed. Oh, well, yeah. okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm the example of why you should not do what I am doing. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I'd agree with you on that, because I think the, in some ways, I think it represents the best of the internet, where it's, mm-hmm. there's a, somebody who just goes on Instagram, and they're famous for being on Instagram, like that is that is the end result. And then people want to replicate that. It's like, I also want to be an influencer. And it's like, what? (laughs) There's no substance. There's no content. There's no effort. There's no heart. It's just like, they're famous for being famous. 
right? There's yeah. a sort of vapidness to that. And then the pursuit of that would certainly be falls into all those traps. But whereas someone like yourself, where you're, you are creating value, mm-hmm. you know, there is education, there's content, there's entertainment, there's, you know, a heartfelt production of content, much like authorship or, you know, artworks, illustrations, or things like that. Like it produces something to be consumed and enjoyed by others. So I would, so I, would it, I would change my state. I um, don't pursue it in the wanting to make it big. Pursue it because you like doing it. There we go. Mm. Because if it's your passion, that's completely different. But if you're doing it just because you want to be an influencer, then I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, it's not. Yeah, that's not how you do so, it. Yeah. So, so I think that ties into. Um, some of the like happiness conversations where mm-hmm. what like some of the best advice I've seen was around, you, you know, a little bit of my generation and definitely those that came after me, it was everybody's absolutely special and you can do anything you want to do. Um, if you love doing it, then you can, you, then eventually you'll be able to do that for a living. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's well intended. And it, it, you know, I certainly appreciate the positivity of it. It's not very practical. And most and dreams aren't supposed to be practical. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think instead what it is, is as opposed to pers- do your passion, like su- sustain yourself, get good at something, make a living, you know, be productive in that sense. And mm-hmm. then pursue your passion with all of your, the rest of your energy as well. You know, like so it, it's just that I think there was a, almost an unhealthy unbalance around if just only do what you would love doing and like uh, pursue that passion above all else, as opposed to some degree of be productive, be helpful, like be self-sustaining and allow the pat and then work on your passion so that it can be your passion. It can be the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Cause like, if your passion, let's say it's artwork and you want to just produce art, it's going to be amazing. And that's the only thing I'm going to do, but it doesn't sell or like it doesn't actually support you and provide you some sort of substance so you can like continue the opportunity for that to be perverted when opportunity it's like, okay, we can keep doing art, but the only way you're going to make money from it is if you, you know, you have to tweak it X, Y, and Z, or like you're going to have to make it more extreme. You're going to have to make it kind of reach into farther sides of it. Cause then it's going to become viral. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, I think without having a base, like you mentioned a support system, I think that actually streams very well into it. If you can, produce a life that has some degree of stability and support. You can pursue your passion purely and keep driving it and have that become its own thing on its own time, as opposed to heaping expectations upon this passion, because you've been told we, you know, we were raised in a time where it's like, you can be anything you want to be and pursue your passions and eventually you'll be paid for it. And you know, that there's ways to still do that without fall weakening yourself to fall into certain traps, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my grandpa, when I first told him, I was like, this is being an influencer, being a creator. This is the route I am choosing. And he's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's wonderful. That's great. I support you. Just figure out how to pay bills in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, grandpa. Very astute advice. <laughs> and yeah, they love support me. And uh bills are paid (laughs) Mm. (laughs) um but yeah because yeah you can pursue what you want to do and if you set it up right you don't have to risk everything else to do it 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, <laughs> what you said earlier about like uh, the artwork and then to get paid, you might have to change certain aspects and then like mm-hmm. uh, where you start and where you finish might be two different things. And that's actually one of the things that's very topical about like mm-hmm. three, four days ago. Um, so I produce a lot of content on a lot of different platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I produced a video that got 100,000 views on TikTok. Um, and like, nice. I think like 20K likes or no, it was more than that. Um, and then I was like, yeah, it did really good. Here's the problem. Um, I recorded it on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. Uh, there's no sound. It's literally mute. All right. It, there's no music. There's not a single thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> all the video is doing and it's, it's Minecraft. The, the quality is terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. I expected this to go nowhere, right? And just turns out to be my best piece mm-hmm. of anything that I have currently. Um, and all it does is it's an illusion of words. So then if you, depending on how you look at it, the word will change. But mm-hmm. the sentence is, you are a nerd, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of them, but like if you look at it from one side, it's just you. You look at it from mm-hmm. the other side, it's you are Right. And then if you go all the way up and look at from top down, it's nerd. Right. And so it just Mm. flies around this. And I was over there with my Xbox controller trying Mm. to like expertly make it to where it looked like a camera. Cause like (laughs) I like it's not that I didn't have my current equipment. It's just I didn't care. And I was doing this on like for something else. Mm. Um, And I was like, oh, I'll just record it and uploaded it to 99,000 views later. (laughs) uh, I I'm slightly. No effort, but um, the thing is, is that um, that content became very uh, clicky. Um, and if I produced more of that, I would have gotten more views and a lot mm-hmm. more subscribers. But I didn't want to fall into the trap of being, you are a TikTok creator. All you do is create these illusions of words on Minecraft. That is your mm-hmm. only job, right? <laughs> Um, because, uh, when you get into that trap, like, um, Fortnite's a bad example, but it's a good example at the very beginning where it's like, if you played Fortnite, you got views, right? To a certain extent, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got views. The moment you try to not play Fortnite, those views are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are gone at least. And you fall into the trap of being like, oh, but I want views. I need the dopamine of like being successful. So then you only play Fortnite and then you mm. keep going and then you fall into the trap like you are a Fortnite creator. You try to play anything else and you lose your fan base. So right, I right. I could have produced that video. Mm. It took me 10 minutes to do it. I could, could have produced a lot more, but I didn't want to fall into the trap of being this is what you do. And it's not what I wanted to do because I don't like creating content just for the sake of views. I like doing it so because I like it doing it. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh, I was talking to someone else that I record with and they're like, why don't you just produce that video? And I was like, I don't want to be known for that. Right. <laughs> just yeah. because I know it works doesn't mean I want that. Mm. Um, and so you mentioned that and then that's what I, uh, yeah, you have to be very conscious, especially if you're in a creative realm where um, someone may be like, Oh, well, why don't you try this? This is more successful. But if it's not what your passion is, mm-hmm. then, you know, don't make, 
don't make too many compromises on what you are wanting to do and towards your passion. Yeah. And, th- and think about that case too, where it would be, you know, you'll occasionally read the story about a famous Twitch artist or even social media person. They eventually quit because it's just like, this is not, this is now a job. This is worse than a job. This is more demanding than a job. Mm-hmm. Like what, uh, I'm a popular Twitch creator making decent money, but to do so, I have to play 16 hours a day of the game. I don't, I don't even like this game. I want to play a different game. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what was a passion is now torture and you're trapped in it as a job. So as opposed to, as you said, the kind of being true to what you want to create and trying to build it out that way. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I'll have to temper my advice on that a bit. I've not found myself any huge, massive social or content success. So I can't sit here and try to claim it's like, well, this is how you become successful because <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing myself to point to. But yeah. I think that I think of anything we've just, there's enough of a, enough data by now where we, you've seen it happen enough times that, and it's entered the zeitgeist where, you know, this, there's something to be said about not giving absolutely anything and everything to get into the passion to avoid it being perverted. Mm-hmm. So that, so yeah, you have to let me know if you ever do start that TikTok though. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding you. <laughs> I, uh, funnily enough, I did do it a couple days ago, um, no, but okay. I did it, but I did it for a YouTube short. Um, mm-hmm. And I, cause my YouTube shorts aren't well as known as my TikTok. And I, I very specifically did not, I changed the motive behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to give my friend a gift. Um, mm-hmm. So on the front, what you see is you're awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But if you get any sort of aerial view, it's you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and so, but that's a content creator um, server along with like eight to nine other creators. And so I was like, eh, I'll make a short little video and it's much mm-hmm. more high quality. Um, and, but I, I worded it differently where it was like, I, would, I just wanted to give a gift, right? This is not the content that I am going mm-hmm. for. Um, but, you know, they they enjoyed it and it was really funny. And I, I, I like how it was edited. Yeah, yeah I, I think too. I mean, and again, like with, he said, it's funny how these streams keep crossing. You know, there's so many, there's no particularly one right answer. Um, but I think with that too, as much as you don't want to follow the crowd and be st- find yourself stuck into find your passion contorted into a job because you're stuck in trend chasing and everything else. Like ultimately mm-hmm. it is business. It is selling. Like even if you're just selling yourself and the entertainment of it. So you do need to produce something that people want. And if that, that yeah. if, in, if in a moment they really want this, this or that, and you can provide a unique take on it. It's not to say that, you know, dipping into a trend to, you know, give your audience something that they really enjoy and loves it's not because that's a sin by any means, you know, like it's, yeah. that's just part of being a salesman and having a business. It's more just coming, coming at it from a place of strength where it's not, I am a slave to a trend and I have to perpetually put this out. It's more, I am a content creator for my audience. I love and respect my audience and they want some of this. So I'll give them some while staying true to my, you know, beliefs and mandates for what I want to do here. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on your perspective, and it gets um, another one of my friends. Like, okay, I don't think people realize how large YouTube is. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, what was it? Yesterday, I googled it, um, and it was I think it's every 
minute there's 80 hours of content uploaded to YouTube. Oh my lord, that's crazy. Yeah. And eight that means 800 people I think. No, more than that. Have to upload a minute every minute. Um and and so people are like people and not that they can like really know or get out of it. Um but like when you look at YouTube, you have your feed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have my feed. You have your feed. My grandpa has his feed. My uh, my friend has their feed. Right. But they're all different. Mm -hmm. They're they're all different. Um, And so when you look at YouTube, everyone has a different vision of YouTube. So me, it's very mixed. I have a lot of music. I have a lot of games. I have a lot of different types of games. I have the big streamers. I have the big YouTubers. I have the small people. Um, I have indie games, major games. I got a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my grandpa only sees religious songs. That's the only thing he sees on his feed. <laughs> and so he when do worse. <laughs> yeah. And so when he looks at YouTube, it's that's what that is. That's his mm. source of religious music. And that's OK. Um, and then when I'm explaining to him, I was like, well, the gaming industry. And then you have to think, well, like, how big is the gaming industry if I never heard of it? But it's on YouTube. Mm. Right. And there's so many sides to YouTube that like. Um, and at, when you're a creator, you get an entirely different aspect because, for example, I create shorter form content that is sort of story driven. Uh, there's not a lot of music, but it's basically personality based. Um, mm-hmm. But then I have a friend who is completely action based and it's 40 minutes of video. And um, a lot of it is him talking and doing things in the background. And those are kind of opposites of content. But he does successful and I do successful. But when, whenever we try to give each other advice, I'm like, oh, well, I do shorter form content. That's what works for me. Um, and he's like, well, oh, I do longer form content. That what works for me. And that there's so many people watching YouTube and there's so many communities within YouTube that they're like, no, they both work. Like there are millions of subscribers following someone that I've never heard about ever. Mm, yeah. Right. There, there are people within the gaming industry that I'm finding out today and they have like 5 million <laughs> subscribers yeah, you know. That's and I've, I've, and I've never come across them. Yeah. I've tried to temper my reactions because I've noticed that a couple of times it's, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get in a feed, like even a news feed or something like that. I'll get a, it's like, Oh, such and such streamer uh, was caught doing this, this or that. And my initial kind of, you know, older guy type of reaction to that was like, who's this? Why do I care? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a story. But in truth, like that person has like 50 million followers and four yeah. businesses, like they're huge. So my ignorance to their existence is that is not, you know, some sort of shield where I can just make judgments about like, well, this is a, what is this? This doesn't matter whatsoever. Yeah. So it, it, it's amazing the the size of people you have never heard of. Yeah. Like music, YouTube, um, beauty, YouTube, like, I was like, mm. oh, the beauty, like, James Charles, even though I think he's been canceled. I don't know. I don't keep up to date with that stuff. And, like, um, but the bigger name, James Charles, that I know of, I think there's controversy on it. But, like, mm-hmm. has, like, millions of subscribers. Never heard of any of them. Like, mm. the beauty, if you add up all those unique subscribers alone to the beauty uh, YouTube, and the fact that I've heard not a single one of them. Mm. Not a single <laughs> Um, and that's how magnificently large YouTube is, mm. is that there are so many niches 
There's so many. Yeah. Um, and so I've given up on saying like, oh, well, you know, like trend setting and like all of that trend following where there are trends to follow, there are waves to follow. Um, whenever t- uh, I have the chance to give someone advice, I'm like, create the content you want to create. Mm-hmm. YouTube will find the people that fit for you. Because if you tr- if you try looking at someone else's community and they're like, oh, but these people aren't following me. Yeah, that's because you're probably creating different content, different game, different algorithm, different analytics. Everything's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's so positive, though. Like, I love it. And I think it actually ties in back to our previous conversation where it's, you know, follow your passion like work on that craft like you know we drive that stuff make sure you have a base set up so you don't have to pervert mm-hmm. that passion and chase stuff but what's really encouraging about the thought you just laid out where it's like it's so massive there's so much stuff maybe you want in your niche and for your passion for the content you truly want to create you know, when you want to when you record your voice your true voice and intent and put it out there you can find a niche like so listen you're you won't be the next uh, kardashian with like some hundred million, mm-hmm. but there could be like 200,000, 500,000 within that tiny piece of the stuff that you do that provides you a place to thrive as a content creator. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's sort of nice to in <laughs> tying everything we've been talking about together as far as <laughs> pursuing happiness, like having a goal, not uh, letting, you know, day-to-day expenses pervert your passion and driving for it. It seems like the breadth of people looking to consume that content means that yeah. there's a little niche that you can stay true to yourself and still succeed. Very yeah. positive. Yeah, the, the internet has a wide breadth. Someone mm-hmm. should make a podcast about that. Yeah, no, uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stick, um, stick with pizza topping, they'll be better. <laughs> uh, so um, the it was actually very interesting because all of this uh, relates to a person um, that I was kind of like I was a part of something they were a part of something it was the same something but we have no idea who each other are mm-hmm. um, it's like if you go to a club and like you have a friend but you don't know anyone else in the club um, that's that was the relation between me and the person and it was actually very confusing because um, their YouTube is your your gamer dad uh, mm-hmm. and then your new dad gaming <laughs> yeah yeah that's Completely, a busy space it confused me um, but <laughs> Uh, they just quit, or I think they're taking a pause on YouTube mm. um, because they played one episode of Elden Ring and their mm-hmm. average viewage was like 20 minutes or 20 people-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about the analytics behind it. But then they got 3.7 thousand views on Elden Ring, their first video, okay. right? Their next Elden Ring video got like 40. Their next one got like two. And then they've oh. never, and then their views never went up from there. Wow. Um, and that is so, A, that's so demoralizing. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where, um, this all comes from my like biggest tidbit of advice. Two things, uh, do your passion mm-hmm. and persevere because mm-hmm. if you're looking at the views, like almost every big streamer I know say they don't look at the views. It don't look at the, don't look at the number. It doesn't matter if it's zero or a hundred, you should still be the same. And if you just see the zero, you're going to start to change and feel sad um depending on where you are at your content creator level um but i i cover up the views i don't look at it i don't want to look at it Mm. um i don't care if i have two views or 30 
I don't look at it unless it's a video because then you have to like, oh, how can I improve? But for streams, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you got to persevere because it takes a very long time, depending on what you're doing, um, for YouTube to discover what your niche is and get people that like your niche to you. Mm. Um, And if you're uploading consistently, eventually, I strongly believe eventually through time, you will eventually find an audience. Now, for mm-hmm. some people, that have t- that's taken five years. For some people, that took a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending on, you know, and that's why you need perseverance. And that's why, mm-hmm. and, and this ties back into like the people that are like, oh, a millionaire overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hear about the YouTubers that are like, oh yeah, overnight, I just became an overnight sensation. And like, that's great, that's wonderful, keep doing good. Don't, I'm sure you're not controversial in any way. But um, that is not the standard. Mm-hmm. It takes so much time and so much work for the general population to, to, to get farther into YouTube that looking at the few that are like, oh, overnight, and it creates this false expectation of like, oh, let me just get my... 480p camera out let me record something and then upload it and then it'll get thousands of views that's Mm. that's not how that works unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that um so there was a there's a channel they do called just enough design and it's for teaching people how to make their work look better and for i had a launch of something and it failed terribly it just completely like completely fell on its face Great lessons learned, though. Happy I went through with it, but it really did, like, uh, demotivate me for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I think what was kind of interesting is uh, every hadn't really been posting for a while, hadn't produced any new content for a long time, but quietly in the background, it just continued to grow. So, so I had this kind of like very slow little growth in the background because I, I was really focusing on, much like we said with topical, like I was focusing on long tail content that this is, mm-hmm. this isn't like. Today, if you do this, if you use these WordPress plugins, you can build a great site. It was more about how do you improve the look of your website, like tried and true stuff like this last, this will survive the test of time. Mm-hmm. And slowly it kept on building. And then all of a sudden I started to get emails from people and new people. It's like, hey, wanted to reach out and say, thank you. Like this content was really great. Like it really helped me with that. Uh, next time you release something new, like let me know. Mm-hmm. At that point, it had almost been half a year to a year between like when I'd last released some content, but all of a sudden it just kind of kept bubbling and kept going. And you, you never know when on its own, it'll start to kind of pick up and start to like resonate and start to move. So it was awesome. Next thing, th- those little messages of encouragement got me to start releasing more content and it's continued to kind of slowly and steadily, exactly like you said, mm-hmm. pitter patter forward and grow that little bit. So it's uh yeah, I think the, not focusing on the immediate effect, immediate views, think about it long tail and like it's that slow, steady slog. I mean, the last one to say is that we, with the podcast, it, the New Dad Gaming podcast, we, we've had such amazing interaction with people. It's been so cool mm-hmm. to talk to like other gaming dads and such. Yeah. I will say in this space, there's been a lot of podcasts on it. It's, it's topical. It's an interesting thing for dads to talk mm-hmm. about. Gaming, fatherhood, oh, I diaper exploded and I really like Alden ring and like it's yeah <laughs> lots of people would have thoughts on it but the number of podcasts that have started and then dropped off it, it's kind of interesting to see there's kind of a big graveyard of podcasts who have those 
12 episodes, those 80 episodes, and then just peter off. Like we're we're coming up on six years now of doing this show every oh, week. Wow, so nice. yeah, and it's it, it's not massive, it's not huge, but we adore it and love it. And just as you said, like I I could absolutely get behind what you're saying with persistence, like that constant get better tr- practice learn from mistakes get better and better and just don't stop keep going and things kind of keep rolling up yeah and like almost every good businessman will like tell you like failure is not something to fear like failure is not really failure it's just a, an mm-hmm. op- learning opportunity and you need to pivot from that opportunity to uh hope to be more successful learn from the opportunity and it was actually interesting that you said like all the dead podcasts like yeah there is a massive graveyard um and then you said 12 episodes which is funny because this is this is technically the 13th episode so i only had 12 episodes um (laughs) and between season one and season two there's this huge break where i didn't really give any updates and i've always intended on restarting and getting season two going Mm-hmm. Um, but to the outside viewer, it's just like, oh, it's dead. <laughs> oh no! Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was just very interesting and very funny um, to me. Um, but yeah, and uh, like one of the also fascinating things about YouTube, real quick, is that like, um, if you're trying to chase a trend, okay, a, I wouldn't really recommend, um, because. Trend settings are only good or trend following is only good as long as the trend is going. Um, and uh, if Fortnite were to die today, there's a lot of YouTube channels that would mm. be kind of in a <laughs> bad position. <laughs> now, if I was like doing this, I don't know, like three years ago, I would have been set. Like, I would have said Fortnite would have died by now. It's mm. not. And they're doing successfully. And I, I see why they're doing successfully. They're doing it very good. I mm-hmm. still hate the game, but they're doing it very good. Um, but um, the the problem with like trend following is that uh, most of your YouTube views come from the immediate YouTube video that you post, but your but your constant flow of cash is from every video behind that video. Mm. If I have a, a ten episode series of a random game and it's a good game and like it's good content um those 10 set of videos will constantly get me views over time that is more valuable than getting an immediate immediate amount of views on one video and so uh whenever you think it was like oh well my um video didn't do good if it's a part of a series and it has synergy with other videos the more content you create, the more likelihood is the more views you will get. Mm-hmm. Um, because like if you look at like Markiplier, he uploads one video and I think it gets about a million to three million within the first few days. Well, that does not. And he uploads like when he wasn't working on a huge project, he uploaded like once a day, um, three, uh, one to three million, one to three million, one to three million. But then he has like, I don't know, like a thousand videos that is constantly getting views, hmm. right? Because people go back, people watch different episodes. Um, people will like see a new video um, or some people are just now discovering Markiplier, who arguably is one of the bigger YouTubers on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then they're just finding them. And then they have a thousand view videos to look at. Hmm. That one that one viewer potentially could pay him uh, like I think it's three hundred bucks, depending hmm. on how long each video is. Um and then, there, then there's millions, right? Um, but like the, the more videos you create and the more synergy among those videos, um, that's why I avoid trends too. Because then the trend mm. dies and then you're in a real bad position. Because then if you try to change your content, the algorithm is not going to like you. Mm. <laughs> it, it doesn't like it when <laughs> you try change, changing your content <laughs> style. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, uh, I... It was amazing having you on, Trevor. If you have any last notes, I know you have an amazing podcast that people should check out. Yeah, well, no, I can't, can't thank you enough. That was a great conversation. I love the, the philosophical stuff. It was like, woof. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the late conversation. Much appreciated. Does happiness exist? <laughs> I'd be happy not to answer this question. <laughs> I never claimed it would be a light podcast. I said it would be yeah. philosophical questions. <laughs> and it was, but no, that was an absolute blast. Thanks so much for having me. So the yeah, so myself and a good uh, college friend Jeff, we run podcast New Dad Gaming. And you can find us on Twitter at New Dad Gaming or NewDadGaming.com. It's just two dads figuring out their fatherhood gaming and figuring out their father, uh, their gaming lives. Mm. So that it's, yeah, it, once a week and it's the, it's interesting. <laughs> you mentioned Fortnite for the just last episode. Yeah. Uh, my co-host Jeff's his eldest asked to be allowed to play Fortnite for the first time. <laughs> so it was, it's, it's a watershed moment. So mine are, my kids are a lot younger, so they're still into like just Nintendo and mm -hmm. Mario Kart. But his oldest has turned the page. He might get into Fortnite for the very first time. So what's that that's, look like? That's very interesting because Fortnite just removed building. Uh, mm -hmm. And now they're in. That's right. And they're, which is the only reason why I'm considering playing it again. And it's, a, and mm -hmm. it's an amazing uh, marketing thing because they know that the reason why they can't get an older generation in is because of the younger generation with building. So they're mm -hmm. like, all right, well, what if we they're they're trying to change their entire demographic <laughs> and they're doing it so expertly that I'm like, OK, mm -hmm. now I appreciate Fortnite because the only reason I don't play it building anyway. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for now, we're happy myself. I'm happily in the world of Mario and Minecraft and but he's about to dive in. So but that's the type of mm -hmm. stuff we get into where it's the conversation about what happens when your child come and ask you to sign them up with Fortnite. Are they ready? Yeah. Pitfalls for it and just everything in between. So it's a good time. Uh, well, um, thank you, Trevor, for coming on. I, I do appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Uh, everyone check out all of the things that he said will be in the link in the description. So have a good day and keep on thinking. <laughs>